Hi, this is Nicholas DiNardo, and you're listening to the Mountain Movers Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Nicholas DiNardo inside of his gym, 613 Lift. You can tell by the sound of the weights crashing in this episode that this community he's built really gives it everything they've got. We discuss his journey through fitness that got him to where he is now, his favorite part about his business, and what's on the way in 2020. So let's get things going. Cue that intro in three, two... This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you, the ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. guys welcome back i'm sitting here with nicholas denardo nicholas could you tell us a bit about yourself where are you from and what do you do my name is nicholas i'm 26 years old i'm a personal trainer and owner of a gym in ottawa called 613 lift um i would say my fitness journey started when i was about 16 years old i remember bugging my mom right up until my birthday about getting a gym membership at the nearby gym called the nepean ymca um, when I started there, that's where I was exposed to a lot of a lot of very good powerlifters and Olympic weightlifters, and that's where I think I became in love with the sport, seeing all these 20, 25, 30-year-olds at the time lifting and doing things that I found very, very, very impressive. And is that something that you knew right away that you wanted to be a part of? Um, I would say like I, I dipped into certain... Uh, certain different areas of the fitness industry like I tried bodybuilding I did try Olympic lifting I tried more sports specific training I actually think powerlifting was probably the latest thing I got into Um, I always did really respect people that lifted really heavy and I found it really cool but when I was younger I was focused a little bit more on athletics and playing football we did a little bit more Olympic lifting and everything but as my athleticism died down with a little bit of years of powerlifting came more of the sport that I pursued in fitness so what was it about powerlifting that made that stick above all the other kinds of lifting? Um, well, actually, in grade 12, second semester, I suffered a, a bad car accident where I was walking across a road and I was hit by an SUV. I broke uh, both my legs, uh, my shoulder, my inside skull, my jaw, my nose, lost some teeth, I had pretty bad concussion. I broke my wrist, I dislocated my shoulder. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty... I was pretty much done for, and then um, I couldn't uh, I couldn't play football anymore because I really couldn't run anymore, but I could lift. So that's when I, I was actually going to place my first year at Sage Up Football on the Quebec side to play for Champlain College, to play like a junior college for football. And the reason being for that was actually because I was graduating in 2011, and Carleton's inaugural team for football wasn't coming out in 2013. So I had a couple years to kill for eligibility and wait for the team to come into play. And um, it was actually good timing because I did just suffer this great injury, so I needed some time for like my academics and athletics to kind of catch back up. But then when I went to the Sage Up side and I started playing college football, I really realized like how much behind I was than everybody else, especially after suffering that accident. But then I realized in the weight room at the same time that I was keeping up with a lot of guys, like a lot of guys that were linemen or linebackers or bigger, strong, like that should have been stronger than me, that weren't. Yeah. 
And then... Um, what position were you? I was defensive back at the time. Right. So it was pretty cool. Like, if we do, like, 225 rep outs or, like, squat maxes or hand cleans or whatever, and, like, I was towards the top of the class, and there's like, defensive linemen at, like, 300 pounds or something, you know? So it's, it's pretty, it was pretty uplifting at the time, considering at the time I was also much slower than everybody. I wasn't hitting as hard. I wasn't changing directions as fast. So if I was moving a little bit more weight than everybody, it was rewarding. So can we back up a bit and talk about the comeback? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't really much call it a comeback because football was <laughs> football ended. But I mean, it did open it did open the door for lifting weights, which was really cool. Um, it took a long time. I mean, I spent the whole the whole winter, spring, summer because I was hit in February, so I didn't leave to school till the following September. Um, so I spent all those months recovering, and when I went to school, I was actually still in a cast. How long did it take? For the full recovery, I was in a ca- I was I was in a cast for like eight months. So from February to whatever that brings me to like November. So I was pretty much in a ca- like I was in a cast my whole football season too. So my practicing was literally just me doing walkthroughs, films, yeah. being a dummy in a red jersey, you know. So yeah. it wasn't very very. Uh, I didn't look forward to practice very much anymore, and kind of took the love of football away from me because I did come from being a pretty good player in Ottawa. And being like pretty known in Ontario, you know, and then yeah. I had this odd accident, and I went there, and I was like backup of the backups of the backups. Yeah, so people don't really know. Who yeah, you are. wasn't too nice. Um, in terms of the recovery and stuff, I mean, running was very very difficult because I did suffer um, three breaks to my tibia. So the tibia is your shin bone, and it bears like up to eighty percent of your weight when you're running. So out of out of sprint, I. I I was really, really suffering, but um, again, lifting weights and doing like static movements wasn't wasn't too bad for my joints at all. Um, so strength just came around. I kept lifting, kept lifting, and then I realized that the following year I was actually cut from the football team. So I returned back to Ottawa, and I tried to play football back in Ottawa too, but. It wasn't as competitive as a level, and it was kind of like I was taking a step back from where I was too. On top of already taking a step back from where I was before that, so I kind of made the connection after that I wasn't going to go to school just to play football either. So I actually ended up dropping out of school after that too. Nice. <laughs> so my life went like 180, and then another 180, another 180, <laughs> and now I think it's going another 180 again. Yeah. Shocking, really, what life can kind of throw you. Yeah, so then when I came back home in the summer, I, like I said, I was playing football. In the fall, I was trying to play football again. That was actually my final year of football. And I actually started an apprenticeship with my dad at the time when I was working as a framer. So he owns a framing company, which is, we build houses from the foundation right to the roof. Um, and that's what I did for about two or three years. And I did my, founda- I did my apprenticeship uh, through Algonquin College. And then I also realized, like, that wasn't really my passion. Me and my dad had a few run-ins, and, like, we're button heads, and we're very similar in personality. We're very aggressive. We're very stubborn. So, I mean, that led to a lot of fights and this and that, too. And it wasn't good for, like, home life or work life and everything. Right. And ultimately, it wasn't my passion. And I just laid down in bed and thought to myself one day, like, if my dad didn't build houses, would I be building houses? And the answer was no. And my passion ultimately was, like, working out and training people and training myself and um, this is where we led to our next our next series of life events then 
I was actually, uh, I moved back, like I said, I was back home from school. I was living back with my parents now. I was, uh, actually, I quit being a framer for my dad and I went to go work at Good Life as a personal trainer. And then my endeavors at Good Life started. Everything was going super, super well. That's where I actually started competing in powerlifting too. I trained a bunch of people, I was training myself. I started competing. I actually competed in, the, in a federation called the IPF, the International Powerlifting Federation, where there was a quick, uh, quick climb and then a, a quick fall too. So I won the city level meet, I won the provincial level meet, I won the national level meet, and then I was selected to go to world since I won my weight and age class. But I unfortunately failed my drug test. So I was banned from the IPF. And then again, I thought my whole life was taking another big change of direction. So I was like, football was the thing, and then football wasn't the thing. And then it was framing was what I was going to do, and framing wasn't what I was going to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a personal trainer. I'm going to do powerlifting. And then all of a sudden, I got banned from my sport, and I got stripped of my medals. And then bad things happened in threes, and I lost my job like another week or two after that because they weren't too fond of everything that was going on and everything. And Moving on, I went to go work at Greco for a couple months. Uh, Greco was great, I had fun. The problem with me there was just kind of different style of training. Um, not really like the fitness, the, the, the portion of the fitness industry that I was as interested in. Um, and then we just parted separate ways respectfully and that's it. And then it was kind of like the perfect storm. So all of these things kind of fell apart, but at the same time, the YMCA was actually closing down. And the reason why the Nepean YMCA was closing down, the gym that I actually originally started at when I was 16, that I mentioned earlier, was the mall was undergoing renovations and the mall didn't renew their lease because they were upstairs in the building and they didn't like all the heavy weightlift that was going on. So a lot of the mall uh, owners at the, on the basement level were complaining, so they didn't renew the lease and the gym was no more. So, now I'm unemployed, banned from the IPF, right. not playing football, not working for my dad, you know, and I'm like going up to my dad, I'm like, hey, um, I'm going out on a limb here, but um, I think we should open up a powerlifting gym. <laughs> and uh, he didn't really think much of it because I remember just coming home from Good Life all the time and like selling the contracts, selling two contracts or working this many hours, that many hours and just showing them like how much the club is making versus how much I'm making versus if I was on my own, how much I could be doing, plus if I had memberships and this avenue and that avenue, what we could do. So, coincidentally, the, uh, the bay that 613 Lift is currently in was opening up uh, the, the following year and uh, we took a chance and we put together a game plan in order to buy the equipment that we needed and uh, put together the space that we needed, and 613 Lift became one, and a lot of the old members from the Nepean YMCA that I grew up watching and idolizing and stuff are now in my gym, a lot of them are actually under my wing as clients and stuff now too, so it's pretty cool. Like my life took like two big 180s, and now you're on I'm, a path. I'm, on, I'm on a path 360 degrees the other yeah. way, but it's, it all ended up in the same direction, so it's pretty cool. I have the same faces around me. Um, in like a gym that's, in my biased opinion, better equipped than the YMCA and, and a community now that's stronger and everything else. And 
does it interest you at all to maybe open up second location, third location? Uh, for sure. I, I think I have a lot more to offer in this building uh, before I open up like a separate location. Um, because like I biased a lot of my equipment towards powerlifting, obviously, uh, in, in opening this in this initial bay. Uh, the reason being is because there was no real um, powerlifting specific gym in the city. So this was a niche that I could cater to. And again, the one that was more catered towards powerlifting was then a PNYMCA and that was closing down. So if I was going to make any gym work within the first year or two, it would be by targeting a niche that wasn't targeted yet. And it was also my passion, which was, which was good. But um, if I can get into more like bodybuilding equipment, cardio equipment, more more Olympic lifting stuff, even more strongman stuff, then I can definitely diversify my numbers a little bit um, and hopefully expand the potential of this gym at this specific location before actually looking to get a separate building or something. Right. So a lot of the listeners um, that this podcast has um, are very athletic, whether that's dancers, whether that's lifters, whether yeah. that's runners. Um, your story is pretty admirable. I mean, like you're, you're here now, you're speaking on this podcast in this gym that you created yourself. Um, but along your path, you didn't really have um, a lot of signs pointing you in the right direction, as you, as, as you just mentioned. Was, was there ever a moment where you thought everything was lost, everything was hopeless? Awesome. I got several moments, but I think like all those little moments collectively, like. Led, led me here, which, which was that perfect storm that I was mentioning before, too. Because, like, if I never got hit by the car, the football would have never have ended. And if football never would have ended, then I, I would have never, like, pursued framing as soon as I did. And if I didn't never would have pursued framing, then I never would have quit that. And, you know, like, I had to even, like, face fears of quitting football because I was so stubborn that I didn't want to quit. And to be honest, I probably should have quit before. And I would like face my fear of like quitting to my dad because like I didn't want to quit to my dad too, and to everybody else in like the Italian community, every like in my family, everyone else is like, what are you doing? Like, why are you gonna go spend half a million dollars to open up a gym when you could just work for your dad's established company and have no debt and make way more like make more money? And I'm like, because it's not what I like to do, and ultimately like I'm gonna go roast my ass off on a roof that's 30 degrees or I'm gonna go freeze my ass off on a roof that's minus 30 I want to be enjoying what I'm doing right yeah so we had that conversation and we ended up obviously parting ways in 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 working together and then uh, it led to us like working even better together on the gym and it was good because up until up until the gym started like I was always working for my dad but when we did the gym like we were working together, which was really, really good. Because like when I was working for my dad, I was always just doing what I was told all the time. But when he was helping me with the gym, like, man, my dad doesn't know the difference between a dumbbell and a barbell. So he was just the man behind like the, the framing and the drywall yeah, and everything else. So we needed each other's brains and it came out to, to make a pretty, pretty good product, right? Pretty good service. So what would you say your favorite part of your business is? Um, I mean, there's not probably one specific specific part but um, I really enjoy training kids I don't know I like training kids Uh, and I do train enjoy training girls I know because girls often like don't find a lot of like 
a lot of empowerment in a lot of sports or anything and sometimes they do see so much more and they get so much more fulfilled from lifting weights than a lot of guys do because maybe it comes more naturally to them or anything yeah. so helping a kid achieve that or helping a, a girl that's maybe really small or maybe fragile or a little bit weaker her whole life is a little bit more rewarding than like a 22 year old athletic kid that already played hockey his whole life it's like hey you squatted three plates congratulations yeah, like, exactly I've done that 50 times but to get that that little girl to finally, you know, pull her first 135 deadlift is really rewarding for her. And sometimes the smile on their face is bigger than something that's like even a much bigger accomplishment, right? So yeah. you get to see that climb. Yeah. Yeah, I get to make it happen, right? So these last two questions uh, are, I think, the biggest ones I have. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're approaching a new year, 2020. Uh, and I think I just want to know what you're leaving behind in 2019. Hmm. Well, a lot of good. Uh, 2019 was a good year. Um, I spent a lot of money, <laughs> so I mean, I spent a lot of money on like new equipment in the gym. I added like a second level to the floor, uh, like just like odds and ends here and there, which added up. So I'd like to leave that stuff behind and start climbing forward. Um, uh, some negatives. I mean, I I tore my hamstring early in the year, so I'd like to leave that out. Um, but I'm more so focused on the positive, like 2019 was a good building building year. Um, it was like my, my second full calendar year, and I feel like I really made a lot of progress in comparison to my first full calendar year. So not more, I don't, I don't really even want to think of us leaving it behind, but instead of like, you know, just a step towards next year. Something greater. And yeah, for next year, I definitely have a lot planned. I mean, um, January is always a crazy year for gyms, so getting as much memberships as possible in January. Um, I have, I'm competing at the Arnold's uh, Sports Festival February 29th, March 1st this year. It's a leap year, so it actually is a February 29th for wow. whoever wants to correct me I on didn't the even podcast. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's February 29th, March 1st. I'm competing pro at the Arnold Sports Festival. Uh, I'm competing at 220 pounds in the open category. Where's that? Columbus, Ohio. Amazing. So Arnold Sports Festival is the biggest sports festival in the world. I think this year there's going to be like there's over eighty thousand athletes. Yeah, there's like sports from like from gymnastics to fencing to powerlifting, bodybuilding, like all spectrum. It's really cool. Um, so I'll be competing at that early in the year. Um, towards the summer will be my three-year mark. So that'll be pretty cool. And everyone that I've been talking to is always like, once you get over that three-year hump, you really know like the business will make it or it won't make it. Or So that's something to look forward to, too. Also, I'll have my end-of-the-year meets, and I have a lot of clients that are competing in a lot of pretty notable events next year. Um, one to mention will be uh, a part of a, a federation called 100% Raw. That's going to be next October. Um, one of my clients, a, a young 10-year-old girl, She's going to be 11 soon. Caitlin, we're competing in uh, Las Vegas. So it's a world-level competition for, like, kids. And she's literally going to be, hopefully, top two or top one. It's so It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's high on my list for next year, even though it's at the end of the year. Yeah. Amazing. So cool things. Yeah, clients, my own personal training, and then hopefully just constant growth of the gym. And then... Like I said, the gym is like pretty much maxed out now in terms of space and everything. So hopefully it's just climbing and there's no more big, big expenses and we're good. Cool. So just moving forward, right? Just moving forward, climbing. Amazing. So 
something that we do on this podcast it's so it's called the mountain movers podcast right okay. we i introduced two episodes ago something called the mountain minute okay. um, really it's just a lightning lightning round of questions i'm just uh. so i'm gonna hit you with a bunch of questions you're gonna answer them as fast as possible and after a minute we're gonna see how many questions you answered <laughs> <laughs> blindside two all right this, 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 this is the mountain minute Favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Favorite food? Pizza. What's your go-to breakfast? Eggs. Favorite song? Uh, Black and Yellow. Favorite gym song? <laughs> oh, but I can't. Till I Collapse. Where did you first hear that song? YMCA Marvel Mall. What's your guilty pleasure song? My guilty pleasure song? I don't Skip, favorite day of the week. Favorite day of the week. Mondays. Least, least favorite day of the week. Fridays. Favorite color. Pink. What time do you usually go to bed? I don't sleep. <laughs> favorite time to train. I don't stop training, bro. <laughs> 24-7. If you could make any animal your pet, what would it be? A lion. If you could change the stigma around anything in the world, what would it be? Uh, that girls are weaker than boys. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Larry Wheels. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Rain or shine? Shine. Favorite number? 33. Where do you want to travel? Italy. Fill in the blank. This podcast is? Sick. That's a minute right there. Was that a minute? (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for being on this podcast. No problem, bro. Thanks for having me. As we say goodbye to 2019 and this decade that had more surprises than anticipated, enjoy what's to come in the new year. Take with you lessons learned, think about the people that you've encountered along the way, because this year could be anything you want it to be. So get out there and move some mountains. Love always, Jake. Jake.